Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right is John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Hey there. I'm Andy Banker on the agenda this morning. In spite of St. Louis's reputation, Kansas City is now Missouri's leader in homicides. Could that help trigger a new gun ban? Hunter Biden indicted, accused of years of shameful crimes. Will it impact his father's possible impeachment? Donald Trump says that if he's elected president again, he will be a dictator, but just for a day. And our quote of the week, doublespeak, from university presidents refusing to stand up for Jewish students and stand against anti-Semitism. Also, St. Louis's new top prosecutor says he will not be one and done, plus an apparent step back for Nikki Haley in News Nation's Republican presidential debate this past week. Did anyone else step up? But we begin now with St. Louis's new trigger law on gun control, inspired by Missouri's trigger law that banned abortion in 2022. Alderman Rasheen Aldridge pushed through a bill to immediately ban open carry of firearms in the city of St. Louis if state law ever changes to allow it. The mayor signed the bill this past week. St. Louis may have an ally in Kansas City now, which is on pace for more than 182 homicides this year. That would be a record there and a much higher number than St. Louis this year, which is currently at 148. John, state lawmakers including some Republicans in Jefferson City, tell me there may be some softening to allow the big cities in the state, like St. Louis and Kansas City, to enact some sort of gun restrictions. What do you think the chances are? I'd be surprised if, if something like that passed in Jefferson City. Now, I do think it's possible, if there was enough money put together, that you could put a statewide initiative petition on the ballot that would allow for local sovereignty on gun policy. I could see something like that happening. Uh, I would be surprised if the if the General Assembly allowed the St. Louis and Kansas City to pass their own gun laws that are more strict than what we have in, in the state. Could there be a deal struck maybe on local con- control of St. Louis Police Department, Michael, in exchange for a little lenience on gun legislation? I or would Democrats not go for yeah, that? Yeah, I don't think I see those two issues getting conflated. First of all, kudos to uh, Shing Aldred. I think this is a great concept. It's exactly what the Republicans have done. They're going to be screaming, this is unconstitutional, this is unconstitutional. It's exactly what they did. Um, I think it helps continue to put a spotlight on the gun problem that exists in the big cities. Guns are a very different problem in cities than they are in rural Missouri, and hopefully uh, this will help wake up the Republicans. But there is an absolutism when it comes to guns inside the Republican Party, and common sense uh, is not allowed to have any breath. I'll tell you what I'd like to see, uh, because I think the problem in St. Louis is we've done away now with licensing. Where you, right. when we first had the concealed carry thing passed, you had to have a license. And one of the problems you have in a place like the city of St. Louis is because the licensure requirement is gone, 
the, how are the police going to deal with uh, well, illegal guns on the street? That, that, I think, is something that ought to be addressed. Now, remember, the city did pass an ordinance saying that to open carry in the city, you have to have concealed carry. That was sort of precursor of this. This right. would just ban open carry outright. You couldn't do it. I'm all for it. I just don't think it's going to pass with this legislature. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore, who is credited with returning at least a semblance of law and order to the city of St. Louis, says he hopes to stick around a while. To do the work that's necessary to have a positive impact on the community that I love and to create a greater level of public safety for the entire region. It is for that reason that I stand before the citizens of St. Louis today and humbly announce that I will be seeking a full term as circuit attorney. The Missouri governor appointed Gore to take over as the city's top prosecutor when Kim Gardner resigned. She was elected twice, but both terms were marked by extreme dysfunction in office with a backlog of more than 4,000 cases building up, too few prosecutions, and violent suspects being released without ever standing trial. Now, Michael Gore's office Currently, I mean, it's routine. Every week there's a new announcement of someone else getting convicted of violent crimes, long prison terms being handed out. I mean, there were three or four just this past week. How big of a difference can one guy make? <laughs> Light years. Uh, we had somebody who was doing nothing. We have somebody who's actually doing the job. I'm encouraged, excited, and thrilled that Gabe Gore is going to run for re-election. I think it, he'll win handily. I don't think he'll face opposition from the left, the progressive left, that is. I think he ought to be able to walk right into this. I'm hopeful, though, that voters don't forget that the progressive thought process got us into this mess, and we can't revert back to it. Is that key? There will be not a progressive challenger? Well, I hope that's right. I, uh, I would be somewhat surprised if that happens. I, I would think that, you know, th there's a na nationwide organization that his whole mission is electing left-wing prosecutors that will not enforce the law. And they've got prosecutors all over the country, from New York to, I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, we had one in St. Louis. So uh, that effort, I think, would concern me that that could come. And it's what not an anomaly, right? Let's not forget that the organization had Kim Gardner on the front page right. of 60 Minutes saying, this is the new way to prosecute. Yeah. We can't forget that this is a failed thought process. Is this a wake-up call in America or a sign that what might be coming in other major cities? Well, I hope, uh, because route? Gabe Gore's done a really good job here, and I think it's important that he runs for re-election because he's recruited a whole, that office was empty. And well, he's recruited team, right? a whole lot of people. It isn't one guy. He's recruited right. a whole team of professional yeah, prosecutors and, and again. Yeah, and so they now them. have the confidence that there's going to be some continuity in that office. That's very important. And if we hope to see this seed change as it relates to progressives, that's not been the case in Chicago and other cities right. that have doubled down. So hopefully Gabe Gore will stand firm on his principles and voters will remember that we've got common sense in the office now. The past week brought fury from Missouri Senator Josh Hawley after Congress dropped compensation for victims of exposure to nuclear waste in St. Louis County going back to World War II. This is an injustice. This is this body turning its back on these good, proud Americans. His ire is directed at his fellow Republicans in the House who cut the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act from the Defense Department spending bill. Wartime uranium production led to the contamination of Coldwater Creek. Radiation exposure is blamed for generations of severe health issues, including various cancers. 
Hawley says he will now oppose the defense authorization bill and try to block final passage. He has an ally in Democrat Dick Durbin of neighboring Illinois with roots in East, East St. Louis, who says House Republicans are turning their backs on communities here. What does it tell us, John, when Hawley and Durbin are on the same team? Well, Josh has been on this issue aggressively. It's probably uh, his hallmark legislative achievement uh, in this term. And I think he's going to, you know, there's a chance that when this thing goes to conference committee, he's going to be able to get those appropriations put back into the bill. And uh, I'm glad to see him standing up here. Ditto. I mean, who could be against done? what he's up to? He's doing the right thing. The most telling thing that happened in that clip is he's taking on Republicans directly. This is on the heels of him out walking a picket line. What, what does Josh, is Josh Hawley trying to reinvent himself as a Democrat? I don't know. He seems to have the backbone of a jellyfish, so I don't necessarily want him on my side. But he's clearly playing politics. Hopefully people can see through this. Well, he's a, he's a populist guy. I mean, he's cut out of the cloth of, he's a new Republican. And very much is in the populist mold. And this is very consistent with that ideology. Our quote of the week is from the president of Harvard University. She was among those from elite schools called to testify before a House Education Committee about the alarming rise of Jewish hate and anti-Semitism on campus in the wake of the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel and then Israel's military response in Gaza. She was repeatedly asked if students calling for the death of Jews was against Harvard's code of conduct. Her repeated answer is the quote, we embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful, said Harvard President Claudine Gay. Now, after intense backlash and calls for her resignation, she apologized, saying such calls for violence or genocide have no place at Harvard. The circumstances were nearly identical for the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill who just resigned yesterday with donors to, the, to that university threatening to hold back more than $100 million. Michael, the point's been made by members of Congress that if such speech were directed at African Americans or the trans community, there would be heck to pay. Yeah, they're right. Why is this allowed when Jews are the target? It shouldn't be allowed. And look, I think it's going to cost them their job. Remember what Deep Throat said, follow the money. And unfortunately, since the backbone inside the administration at these universities aren't going to do the right thing, the donors are going to apply pressure that are going to ultimately call this the ousting, the rightful ousting of these folks. The other issue here, though, is Republicans are, you know, the anti-cancel culture group really wants to do a lot of cancel culture where we can have public hearings in Congress on this kind of stuff. Their presidential candidate wants to suspend the Constitution and be a dictator. We're not having hearings over that. Let's be consistent. Is there an equivalence there with what he's talking about? To you know, and the, and the real problem here with these college campuses is that they actually believe this stuff. They actually are anti-Semitic, and it's not just the students, it's the professors, it's the staff, it's the leadership. Uh, there, is a, there is a real sickness taking place in higher education in this country, and, uh, and it's finally getting exposed. So for that, I'm grateful. Are they really anti-Semitic? Because my impression watching this was they're just being grilled by Republicans and they're thinking, we can't agree with these people. You know what I, I mean? Think, was yeah, it I think they're trying to walk a tightrope in this woke world that they created, by the way, yeah. when ultimately, when you're dealing with children, sometimes you got to get children back in line and they're standing by these woke principles then rather than doing what's right and, you know, practicing common sense. That is one of the best things that ever come out of his mouth. Right oh, there. Lord. <laughs>
<laughs> I retracted. Yeah. Mark the tape, as they say. Mark the tape. Up next, President Biden takes the case for tens of billions more in military aid for Ukraine to the American people. And after offering a so-called sweetheart deal to the president's son, Hunter, the same prosecutor is now throwing the book at him. Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. President Biden went straight to the American people on the urgent need for continued USA to Ukraine as the country continues to fend off Russia and its president, Vladimir Putin. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. Petty, partisan, angry politics can't get in the way of our responsibility as a leading nation in the world. In a rare national address from the Oval Office Wednesday, the president pushed for what's expected to be a $100 billion package with another $60 billion of that for Ukraine, $10 billion for Israel, and billions more to rein in illegal immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border. Michael, how much is too much, and will the money for the southern border crisis lure Republicans into a getting off the fence on Ukraine? Well, I don't understand why they would be on the fence as it relates to Ukraine. How much is enough? What it takes to win. Uh, if we allow Russia to take Ukraine, they're not going to stop there, and we will have American troops in Europe fighting a war. I see this as a parallel to Israel. It's important that we support both of them. If it's, that's what it's going to take is this border stuff to, fix the, uh, to get the Ukraine support, it should be done. We should be fixing the border regardless. There are Republicans who want all of these things handled separately, right? Israel, sure. the border, Ukraine, is that the better way to do it? Uh, you're not going to get it passed. You've got to have the border money in the bill to get it passed. Now, there's, there are Republicans that don't favor supporting Ukraine, uh, but the majority of Republicans do in Congress, certainly true in the Senate. And uh, you're going to see it's going to take a bipartisan vote to pass the Ukraine funding, and I think it will happen. And I think that the focusing on the border is an important priority and an objective because that is a crisis happening on, uh, on the southern border. Why does Ukraine matter to Michael, me, you, and everyone else in St. Louis, and then, you know, see the shining sea border to border in America. What's so important about that for us? Well, because if you allow a dictator, um, a thug like Vladimir Putin to go in and just take a sovereign nation, uh, you're inviting it all over the world. You're gonna invite it in Taiwan. Uh, you, you've already got the situation with Iran, China, and Russia who are in cahoots with one another and they're in cahoots with Hamas uh, this is a very unstable world that needs American leadership, and uh, we, we need to be there. The president's son has been indicted again with stunning details emerging about his alleged crimes. He faces nine new counts of federal tax crimes in California, three felonies, six misdemeanors. He already faces federal gun charges in Delaware. He's accused of spending millions of dollars on a lifestyle that included using drugs and hiring prostitutes while not paying, paying his taxes. The new charges come as congressional Republicans pursue an impeachment inquiry of President Biden. They are investigating him for possible influence peddling with Hunter suspected of taking in billions from foreign business associates for the Biden family in exchange for access to his dad when his dad was vice president under President Obama. What do you think? Well, I'm starting to think Hunter Biden's not a very good guy. Uh, I mean, wow, this is uh, pretty stunning. Nine counts of tax fraud. Um, you know, as to the impeachment question, I don't, I've not seen evidence that links Joe Biden to foreign misdeeds by Hunter. But if it's there, then the, they ought to find it and, and take action on it. But in the meantime, Hunter's problems are going to be political 
uh, a very bitter political pill for Joe Biden, and I think it's going to it's going to exacerbate his uh, diminishment of his approval ratings. How does David Weiss, this, the same special counsel who was behind the so-called sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden, Biden that blew up over the summer, now come after him and throw the book at him? That's a good question. I'm glad he's doing it. Seems like I'm with John. Seems like uh, Hunter Biden's a bad dude, and he's going to go to jail. Whether or not he's going to be sitting in the same facility as Donald Trump is still to be seen. But uh, there's no doubt about it that Hunter Burt Biden's going to serve some time. But he's not going to sink his father. I don't think so. When we get to a binary choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, I don't know how anyone in their right mind could be voting for Hunter. Joe or, Biden's not going to be the Democratic nominee. Mark the tape. Mark the tape. He's said that more than once. I Gavin have. Newsom, right? I think that's right. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, former President Trump likes the sound of being a dictator, but only for a day. And we dig into the News Nation GOP presidential debate. Did Nikki Haley step back and did anyone else step up? Republican presidential hopefuls gathered for a fourth debate this week with the field down to four candidates on stage and frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, again skipping the proceedings and perhaps stealing the show the night before, talking about a de facto dictator if he wins back the White House. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, no, no other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator, so that, okay? That, that sounds to me like... Mr. Trump has vowed to seek retribution for what he argues are politi politically motivated prosecutions against him. He faces dozens of charges in four separate state and federal criminal cases, along with an ongoing civil trial for alleged business fraud. A jury has also awarded a $5 million judgment against him for the sexual abuse and defamation of a woman in another civil case. John, how concerned should we be about retribution if he is elected president again? Well, I, you should be concerned. You know, I'm old enough to remember a time where, you know, we wouldn't, somebody that had that particular resume wouldn't make the very best presidential candidate for a political party. Uh, I, I am concerned that Republicans are, are poised to nominate somebody for president who can't win a general election, but it looks to me like that's precisely what's about to happen. Michael? Well, dictator I, for a day. Oh, it won't you be worry a, about a day. Him he wants to be back? a dictator, period. Um, and, you know, believe him when he speaks. Uh, I believe him that that's what he wants to do. What's interesting, though, is he said one of the things he wants to do is drilling. Here's a fun fact. Did you know that there's more domestic drilling permits that have been issued under the Biden administration than it was issued under the Trump administration? Hmm. And then there were four, just four candidates on stage for News Nation's Republican presidential debate this past week. Donald Trump was perhaps the hot topic. We've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet, I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort. He who shall not be named. They don't want to talk about it. A lot of people thought the former New Jersey governor there, Chris Christie, had the best night. Nikki Haley, who had begun to take hold of the distant second spot in the polls behind Mr. Trump, spent much of the night fending off attacks from the other candidates. Michael, did she lose any momentum? Did anyone else pick any up? I hope she didn't lose any. I think she's the most qualified person on that uh, stage. Chris Christie'd be a great president. The fact that I think that means he has no chance inside the Republican primary. But mark the tape when I tell you this. 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 
Chris Christie will be the face of Profiles in Courage as it relates to dealing with Donald Trump. He is speaking the truth at a time that a lot of others are brainwashed. We're marking a lot of tape here this morning. Lots of tape getting marked, yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know the line I like to use, is watching these debates is like the, the band, the orchestra on the Titanic <laughs> figuring out who's going to get the violin solo as the ship's going down. Did anyone else step up? I mean, DeSantis got a lot yeah, of... It, was a, it, it was DeSantis like a home night. crowd in Alabama for him. It, it was DeSantis's best night. Haley, because she was assaulted, uh, she was never going to win that debate because she was the focal point. Final thoughts are next. First, a look at the fabulous Clark Bridge in Alton from Bomberito.com, Drone Fox. Final thoughts, Michael? Well, if this politics stuff doesn't work out for you and Han I, Hancock, I think we ought to get into the pop-up bar business. Tried to go to a Christmas pop-up bar in St. Louis last night. They're packed everywhere. It's the Christmas season in St. Louis. People are out spending money. Good for you. Let's keep it up. John. My guy likes his Pop-Tart bars. That's, uh, that's good for him. Shohei Otani, $700 million assigned with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, there's a guy that ought to be voting Republican. Uh, I think it's going to be a good few years for Shohei. They Shohei'd him the money, Andy. And, uh, oh. Dodgers are going to be tough. Shohei me the money. Yeah. I like it. We're, we're like playing it. them on opening day in uh, L.A. That'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, Sonny Gray's debut. Maybe he'll be a rounding mate for Donald Trump. You never oh. know. Mark the tape. <laughs> Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. <laughs> Remember, if it's sunny in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. See you next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.